Thanks for joining us for Off The Clock, brought to you by the team at Tompkins Wake. I'm your host, Catherine Bryant, Special Counsel in charge of Knowledge Management. Join us as we offer guidance on and insight into topical issues in business and law today. So as part of our practical business series, we're talking about how to strengthen business resilience when times are tough. And today we're talking about how to be a good boss in tough economic times, something a lot of New Zealand businesses will have had experience with over the last two years. I'm joined by Daniel Erickson, employment partner at Tompkins Wake, and Heidi Walker, general manager of leisure brands at Flight Centre. But Heidi was also uh, in charge of people and culture during the uh, COVID pandemic. So she knows what it's like to go through uh, tough times and be trying to help her people out. Absolutely. So thank you so much for inviting me along. Thank you for joining me. So when we look at how do we keep that good relationship with our people when the business is suffering, let's talk about transparency and good communication. Why are they so important? I'll answer this one first, Daniel, Mm, and then you can kick in. So I think when we think about employment relationships, we need to think about that word relationship. And I think relationships are built on good communication. That's really important. And as a leader, sometimes we're worried about delivering a message, but we really need to think about where that message and where that fear comes from. And I think clarity is to be kind. And Brene Brown, who's a great leader, she talks about being fair to be kind, being clear to be kind, you know, making sure that people are understanding that you've got a good communication relationship with people because ultimately that is what protects your business and protects what people perceive of you. And I think that's really important as a business that you always think about what you put forward. You want to be fair to your people because they have come into a relationship with you. And I think you have to be on the other side fair. So I don't know what extra you'd add, Daniel. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, in the situation that Flight Centre was in, in the COVID pandemic, there was an appreciation with all of your people that this wasn't good. And I think that the way that you guys actually transmitted or communicated those messages to the people, you know, you were transparent, you know, you weren't trying to sugarcoat it, you know, because it wasn't great. But at the same time, the communications were, as you say, overall, you know, it's a bit of a cliche these days, but it was being kind. And, you know, the way you communicated it was a good mix of this isn't a great situation. We're going to be honest with you. We're going to actually tell you what's happening. And, I think that at the end of the day, you did get a lot of credit from your people for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you think about your business and where you're at, sometimes you think people won't understand the decisions you're making. So we really focused on things like explaining to our people that we didn't have enough money to make it through unless we made some pretty significant decisions. And um, that meant creating a PowerPoint with a bucket on it, which explained how much money was in the bucket and how much was going out each month and why we needed to make those decisions. So I think communication is just key with employees. And the more you can tell them, the more they can understand. And I don't think anyone, whether it's the employer or an employee, sometimes wants to hear the message. But unless everybody's really clear, people can be confused. That raises another question. So obviously, you can't keep employees in the dark, you know, especially when you're going through a situation like everyone has been through, that they know that things are are not looking good. How can you be honest and open without demoralising your staff? I think people need to know what's happening. We kind of need to think about when we talk about demoralising, who are we protecting? 
we're protecting ourselves or are we protecting our people? I think we need to be really clear. But I think it's more demoralising to not say anything. Yeah. Then you know, people are left to think about it and their mind probably naturally goes to the worst case scenario. And at the end of the day, if it's bad news, it's bad news. You need to have that transparency with people and you, you need to, to have that communication. Yeah, be authentic as well because yeah. I don't think there's many decisions that we make that are challenging that don't impact everybody involved. And I think you really need to be authentic and decide, mm. you know, how you're going to approach it. So our managing director made a pretty heartfelt plea right through, you know, right at the start of it and said that he promised that when the business returned that that our people would be able to return. And, you know, and I think staying true to those words is really important mm. as well. So that transparency, that clarity, being kind, you know, and having empathy as well. It's not an easy situation for anyone. I think it's important that people understand the message. They might not like it. The, the message is, look, we, we're really struggling here as a business because of these external factors. The message is not a popular one, but it's still one you have to give. And like you say, you know, the MD Dave at the time, he went out there and there was really clear comms about, you know, this is a storm. We need to weather it, you know, batten down the hatches. When the weather improves, we're going to look to bring as many of you guys back as we can. And I think because you were being transparent and you weren't trying to sugarcoat it, people really believed it yeah. because it was an authentic message. Do you feel that employees relate better to you when they can feel that you're being authentic and open about, you know, what the business is going through? Absolutely. You know, for our experience, there was a lot of tears and there was a lot of anger and there was sadness. And that wasn't just from our people impacted, that was from our executive team and you have to go through those emotions. Perhaps that's the 2020 lesson that we had, that wellness and the workplace is really important and recognising everyone has a different journey and everyone's emotion is different and that you can't have any expectation on how someone takes some news or how you take the news. You just have to be able to transition with it and, and go through the different stages of change and grief as well. Because it was genuinely hard for you guys as well as a management team. I mean, I remember the meetings and the calls and and. You know, some of them are pretty harrowing, to be honest. Mm. Uh, you know, just the scale of what was happening. Yeah. Um, I think that sense of a shared experience helped with your authenticity as well, with delivering those messages that people felt confident that they were being given the full story and they were going on that journey with you guys. I think that mm. that was also part of it. You know, you were, you, were all, you were all in it together. So that certainly helped with the authenticity. Yeah, and I think when we think about that, communication and how do you be authentic I think you have to front up you know you need to be there you need to be a face and you need to be a voice and it's when it's made some pretty clear decisions clear pathways uh, right at the start about how we would have to navigate this with integrity and you know respect for our people so when we are having to make those hard decisions do you think that it's better to come out and try and do what you need to do all at once or rather than eke it out bit by bit with the information that you have at the time, and I think all businesses need to be really fair on themselves, you're making the best decision you can at the time with the information you have. So for FlightSense, anyone that doesn't know our story, we are a third of the size that we were previously. We decided with the information we had to make our decisions sort of in three stages. 
But when I look at across the industry, we did make our decisions early uh, and we were very clear and decisive with those decisions. So between March and October, we reduced our workforce by two thirds. So a third of the size was what remained. And what we were able to say to our people then, knowing that certainty was really important, was being able to say to our people that we've made the changes we needed to make. So you are in a position now where you can have some confidence that there aren't further changes for us to make. So I think for me, I really leaned on that sort of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, people need certainty and security and they they need that core base. So for me, I think if you can see a decision needs to be made, definitely make it. Don't rush it. Um, Don't rush a process or the why or understanding. But if you know something needs to be changed, I do think it's fair on people to make that change as soon as you can. I think you need to be as decisive as you can. I mean, with a thing like COVID, it is a bit of a moving feast. But I think there was a sense that early on, we're at the start of this thing. This is probably going to be a bit of a marathon and not a sprint race. But like you say, it's making the decisions that you think are best at the time and getting that balance between getting the considered decision, but at the same time not procrastinating. It was clear communications, it was clear decisions, and it comes back to that openness as well of the messages being given to the people about what you're doing and why. Yeah. So Daniel, as an employment lawyer and expert, you've had to help a number of employers make difficult decisions. How should they be going about that to protect themselves and to make things as easy as possible for employees? I think it comes back to some of the things I've already talked about. I mean, the the law says the Employment Relations Act requires consultation and we've got a duty of good faith that governs that process. I think it's important that you don't just treat that as a box ticking exercise, you know, something we have to do to make the decision we want to do because a a good process informs a good decision. And so if you do communicate openly and honestly with your people and you take them on the journey with you and get their feedback and genuinely consider that, you will make a good decision. And it also helps people understand the decision, even if they don't like it. So using the flight centre example, you know, Heidi's already said that the the workforce was reduced by two thirds. Now that's a significant number. And off the top of my head, there was about two or three personal grievances, which is quite remarkable really, given the number of people involved. And I think that was just a reflection of the quality of the communication that the company was doing. You know, they were being open, honest, transparent, authentic, all of those things. And I think that that means the people affected might not like the decision. In fact, you know, it probably really sucks for them. But if they understand it, then they're less likely to challenge it and raise a personal grievance. Yeah. What I see is is a measurement of our ability to maintain a relationship. And it's not easy to have conversations with people who are leaving your business, but you need to have them. But we've been able to return 85% so of our available roles that we've had in our business. 85% of them have been filled by people returning to our business. It's so fantastic numbers, isn't it? Yeah, it makes me really proud. But that was always our intent because, you know, none of these decisions were ones that anybody wanted to make. But to have these people come back to our business and to see them welcomed into our business by our people and our leaders, you know, and having them welcome home, you know, that for us is, I feel pride in that we've managed to navigate such a horrible time, but through clear communication have managed to maintain a relationship where you could see someone and just wish them the best. And one other thing, you know, and 
I'm not sure if it's relevant to this, but I think from an HR perspective or being part of a team making those really tough decisions, when you can think about what could you do for that individual to help them through that journey of grief and loss and and change, you know, I think it is really important that you think, what can I do as, as an employer to try and help in that space? So for us, we set up a project remedy, uh, which we shared with local media and, and things like that. And we worked with over 200 businesses that had roles available and helped our people through CV writing, interviewing, handing over all of our employment information that we could for those people to be redeployed into those companies. So 200 companies were working with us and we were really focused on from an HR perspective, how do we how do we help our people get reemployment in such a tough time as well? And other things we did, um, financial support through um, our internal support network continued, EAP offerings continued even after employment had ended. We're really clear about you know how do we help these people because you know your employees should be people that you really want to be able to pick themselves up and, and go ahead, especially when it's a sort of disaster like we had with COVID. The things you did to help people through that tough time, again, that helped with that level of, I guess, engagement, but it also probably meant a lot of these people were less likely to raise a personal grievance because they felt like even though you were making a hard decision and it had a big impact on them, you were doing all you could to soften the blow. Mm. And Flight Centre's just been named a uh, HRD employer of choice. So I think that shows that uh, your people definitely feel like you do your best to take care of them. Would you agree? Yeah, we were really proud to win that because it has been a tough couple of years and to be able to be recognised for that and for our people as well because, you know, it's about the culture of your company and and how your business behaves. So we're really proud to be in that space, especially given the environment we've had for the last two years. Yeah, I think that's fantastic recognition. I mean, it's a testament to the, all the things we've talked about, you know, the communication, the authenticity. It wasn't just during this time, it goes back a long way and it just shows the, you know, the work that you guys put in to building that culture. Yeah. And good culture is not something you can achieve overnight, is it? It's about you know, taking deliberate steps over time to be the best employer you can. Yeah, absolutely. So in Flight Centre, well, I've been with Flight Centre for 24 years this year. We have a lot of philosophies that help guide us. You know, we have core ones that really are key to us and egalitarianism and the ability, you know, no one in, we've got a very flat structure, which means that anyone that joins our company, if they wanted to contact our managing director, well, all they need to do is actually go to the lunchroom in our head office because that's where our executive team sits. And none of us have PAs or anyone else to help assist us. We're a very flat company um, and everyone's very available and approachable. So having a culture like that with longevity and development within the company. So I started as an 18-year-old with not a huge amount of qualifications. And, you know, I've obviously been able to develop that throughout the business. And I think those sorts of stories and experiences allow anyone to be anything that they want to be. And I think that creates a culture where people can be inspired by other people around them and achieve some pretty amazing things. So my last question, you've done a great job, you know, taking care of your employees through the pandemic as much as you could. But travel's picking up. I know that flight attendants are incredibly busy and people have just come off an almost unprecedented two years. How do we help the people that we've got who've gone through this, gone through lockdowns and the stress with that? How do we stop them getting burnt out now as things get busier and life goes back to normal (laughs) insofar as we can ever use that word? 
Yeah, absolutely. It's tricky, isn't it? Because we came straight out of something so quiet, you know, mm. February, we weren't selling any travel, then straight into March and now and now it's really chaotic. One thing I've learned through COVID really has been reinforced for me is whether it is a good time or a bad time, communication is really key. So for us, we are in a really tough time again. We've got more inquiry than we could possibly deal with. We are actively recruiting for people to join our team. But what we've learned in COVID is it's about emails out, messages. Like every month we have a town hall, which is basically a recorded, we have workplace in our business, which is our communication platform with our people. So we have one of those every single month. And our people can ask any sort of question that they want by Slido. Anything and everything is answered. So for us, that allows our people that communication. So we do that once a month and that's executive team. We're regularly sending out communications almost weekly to our people to say, we see you, we hear you, we see the challenges. This is what we're trying. I think the other thing is being really honest with your people and saying, I don't have all the answers. This isn't easily fixable. If I could fix it, I would. And these are things I'm trying. And I think if you can keep communicating to your people what you're trying to do to help them, recognising that wellness in the workplace is really important and burnout is a thing and recognising those sorts of pieces and communicating and touching base is really, really important. But the other thing we haven't really spoken about, which has helped us the whole way through, is storytelling. So having a really clear story and a vision and a plan. So for us, we actually did a big timeline. Um, We borrowed some theming from Lord of the Rings. Hopefully they won't mind. But for us, we really spoke about that journey for us back to, you know, the point where we want to be from where we were and we made some landmarks along the way and we let our people know it's not perfect now and it's not going to be perfect tomorrow, but we are building each day and we celebrate the little wins along the way. And I think that's a really important piece to getting people engaged, involved, able to survive and for them to stay because ultimately all of our businesses are successful by the retention of, you know, the people that we've invested in and that invest in us. Mm. And retention's definitely uh, becoming more and more of an issue. Have you seen that too, Daniel? Absolutely. Retention is a really big issue at the moment and labour shortages across a number of industries. But look, just touching on what Heidi said too about, I, I think you need to avoid the assumption that because things are getting better, in inverted commas, everything's okay. Because like you say, there has been an extended period of time when it hasn't been And there are challenges now, they're different challenges, but there are challenges now. I think part of it is is creating an environment where it's acceptable for people to say, actually, I'm not okay and I need some assistance so that you've got EAP as a good starting point and other avenues for assistance that people can tap into. But yeah, it's just creating a culture where it is okay to put your hand up and say, actually, I need a little bit of assistance here, but also actually acting on that as well. So creating a culture that people know that if they do put their hand up and say they need some help, something will happen. And is that something you think is best led from the top, Daniel? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the messaging has to come from the top. Otherwise, it's not authentic. And Flight Centre are lucky that they do have that culture where the top layers of management within the country are completely accessible to anyone and everyone really within the business which probably means they're really busy, but it does create that culture of openness and transparency. That wellness piece is so important. So another award um, that we're really proud of is we were finalists in all three categories out for the Headfit Awards. 
So um, as a company, for a, from a company perspective, and I was from a leader perspective, and then our winner was Ross, who runs our wellness part of the business. So he was the specialist winner. So I think, you know, for us, we had been on that journey for probably about five years. So when COVID hit, we've now been in it for two and a half in a COVID environment. But I 100% think that wellness in the workplace needs to be accepted, you know, and have a plan and it has to be led from the top down. And I'm really proud that Dave, our MD, does lead it and has been very open about his own challenges through the times we've been. And I think that just allows our people to be, to say they need a hand or that they need help along the way because there's not a a massive workforce that we can keep going to. So we actually have to say, how do we help our people be the best version they can be? Mm, Taking care of the people that you've got. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I think over the next few years, in particular, that wellness is going to be massive. And I think that, you know, as employers struggle to hold on to people, you know, it's not just about how much you pay them. It's about the environment you create. And that wellness piece is going to be huge, I think. And so it should be a real focus area for everyone. Yeah. So there you go. Top tips on how to uh, improve your relationships with your employees. You know, think about the whole person rather than just the work they're doing for you. Mm, Yeah. So thank you, Daniel and Heidi, for joining us. Uh, Before we finish, do you have anything you'd like to add? Yeah, the only thing I would like to add is it can feel like you're on your own and you don't know the answers. And I think that that's completely fine. If you're in a situation where you're making some really tough decisions, it's okay to ask an expert. And my recommendation to any business is to build a really, you know, find the person that's right for your company, that's right for you. And I'm really blessed that we worked with Daniel throughout the challenges that we had. And, you know, Daniel, I'm pretty sure that you probably have the same memory that I have of coming in and um, talking to our executive team about those decisions. And I don't know what it looked like from your perspective, but from my perspective, it just allowed us the ability to know that we hadn't missed anything and that we had considered as many different situations as possible. Yeah, I mean, as you recall, we had a number of conversations. Some weeks it was daily yeah. um, that we were on Zoom calls or, or whatever we were talking about. But, yeah, I, I do remember very early on when the morning I came up to the flight centre office and it was it was either the Monday after the borders closed or, or not. You know, it wasn't long after that. And there was a, a little bit of shell shock. I think would be one way to put it. But at the same time, you guys were really focused on formulating your plan of how you're going to do this. And the staff were at the heart of that and how that was going to be messaged and how it was going to be communicated because there was a very clear sense that this isn't going to be great, but we're all in this together and we have to try and be as open and honest and transparent as we can because that's our value. Absolutely. So I do think you don't get it right all the time, but definitely lead on those supports around you because it is a tough and lonely time making hard decisions. And quite often as a leader, you know those tough decisions for a period of five to seven days prior to anyone else. And that can be a really a tricky place to be. So for me, I just really want to say thank you to Daniel and for all the support he gave us through that, because it did give us the ability to be able to move forward in the best way and to have considered everything. Mm. And you can't support your staff if nobody's supporting you. you it's yes. really important mm. to reach out and have that 
you know, professional and emotional support to get through what has been a very tough time for a lot of businesses. Uh, I say to everyone, it's each to my soul. You know, this yeah. is this is our story, and we'll look back on it. I don't think we'll, you know, hopefully the good days are ahead. We definitely mm. can see some positive signs in the future, but I think you know none of us will forget about it. It definitely was was a tricky time to navigate, but you know that makes your story and. That's our story to tell. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it, it was, as, as you say, it was a really difficult time. Yeah, I'm just pleased I could do my bit to help you guys through it. Well, as I said, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, everybody, we're off the clock. Thank you. Thank you.